Hi, everybody. Thanks for joining me here on Conversations for Yoga Teachers. I'm your host, Karen Fabian, the founder of Bare Bones Yoga. I am a yoga teacher with many years of experience, a certified personal trainer, and an entrepreneur. My mission is to show you how to get confident, speak clearly, feel authentic, grow your impact, earn your worth, and build a community. For years, I've been working with teachers in my signature program, the Yoga Anatomy Blueprint Learning Program, and I've seen so many teachers transform, and I can help you get there too. On the podcast, you'll hear anatomy lessons, stories from teachers, interviews with others in the field, and a dose of personal development. In addition to the podcast, don't forget to also follow me on Instagram and TikTok for daily videos on teaching topics. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen today. Let's get into today's episode. Hi there. Welcome to Conversations for Yoga Teachers. I'm your host, Karen Fabian, and this is episode 226. So today I'm going to take you on a little journey. It's not so much a journey as it is kind of pulling back the curtain to take you inside my program. And if you're listening and you're not currently working with me inside the Yoga Anatomy Blueprint Learning Program, that's totally fine. If you are listening and you are inside the program, this is going to be some kind of new verbiage for you. And it's not just a matter of it being just stuff to say. It's really going to hit home for you, I think, because what I've done over the past couple of days is create almost like a language that outlines and defines what teachers experience when they work with me inside my program. Now, don't don't stop listening because if you're not in the program and you're thinking, well, this is just going to be a sales pitch, that's not what it's about. It's really about And the reason I wanted to do this and share it on the podcast and not just share it inside my program to the teachers there is because it really sets the bar and it sets some definitions. It puts words to the transformations that I see happen all the time with teachers that I work with. And in order for us kind of collectively as teachers to better understand where we want to go and how we want to show up for our students and what does it mean to be an empowered, authentic teacher, it can be helpful to define some of those qualities and and really explore what are the qualities of teachers who are out there really feeling confident, really standing tall in front of their class, walking around the room, assisting people comfortably, um, finding their cues in a way that they're really connecting what they're saying with what they know. So I wanted, and it's in large part inspired by teachers that I work with inside the program. And when they have these aha moments, I sit back after the call and I think, okay, what just happened there? Because I want that to happen more for more teachers. And so it's helpful if I can understand better, you know, this, the kind of dynamic that happened and what was the challenge or the problem that the teacher was having? What did I share as a strategy or a tip or a technique or knowledge? And then the transformation that happened 
the light bulb that went off, like, what was that? And so this might sound a little hard to understand. And that's why I think once I get into some of these, um, some of these terms and some of this vocabulary, it will make more sense. But I wanted to share this intro because I don't want you to think that this is just an opportunity for me to pitch my program. I, I really hope that this becomes a way for you as a yoga teacher to start to set some milestones for yourself when it comes to your growth and development. Um, things that will be things to work towards as just a way of being as a teacher, specific techniques as a teacher. So again, I created this list of terms from my work with teachers inside my program. It could be completely separate from that. It doesn't necessarily have to come from that. So now that I've given you that introduction, I hope you'll still stay with me. So having said that, I want to just kind of dive right in and start to share some of these terms with you. And I keep saying terms. It sounds a little formal. I'm still trying to kind of find my own way with what I want to call this. I think what I'm going to call it is almost like the vocabulary of, of my program. And, you know, I sort of think about like, for instance, I'm in, uh, I'm currently in an entrepreneurial training group. And there are definite terms that we use in that group that just apply to what we're learning and what we're doing um, to grow our businesses. And if I were to use some of those terms outside that group, it wouldn't really make sense to someone, or it might be a word that they think of in a different way. So this is sort of the same thing. And again, we can apply it to yoga teaching in general, even outside my program, but I wanted to start to create almost like a language for the teachers in my program so they can talk to one another about the tips and techniques and strategies and approaches that we're using and feel like they're speaking the same language. So again, that's why I use that metaphor of pulling the curtain back. I want to kind of pull the curtain back and take you inside my program, even if you're not enrolled right now, and give you an idea of the kinds of things that we do. So number one, number one is authentic teaching. And I define authentic teaching as a style of teaching where you're showing up as you, sharing from what you know and inspiring your students without hesitation or fear. It's a style of teaching where you have no need to pretend to be anyone else, mimic any other teacher, or use words or phrases from other teachers. And I'm sure you've heard the phrase authentic teaching. Obviously, I didn't come up with that. It's just that the combination of those two words, and especially emphasizing authentic, is so important here because so many teachers that I work with, and this might be you as well, say to me that they feel like they're mimicking their mentor, they feel like they're using cues from other teachers, and they don't feel like they're really confident to show up as themselves. So I want you to think about authentic teaching as a bar to reach, as a milestone to hit, as a way of being to encompass that will allow you to really share with your students your unique way of being. And when you do that, and this kind of refers back to some of the moments that I talked about earlier that I have with teachers, when you do that, 
light bulbs will go off for you. A joy will explode in your heart like you've never felt before because you're really showing up as yourself. And it takes courage to do that. And we need to move past fear oftentimes to do that. Although we can do it. And these are definitely the things that when I coach teachers in our discovery sessions and even new teachers start to do this, it is just, it's just so exhilarating, not only for them to experience, but for me to see. So that's number one. Number two is intentional sequencing, intentional sequencing. And this goes along with using my sequence builder, which you may or may not have downloaded at some point in the past. Intentional sequencing is a method of building sequences that is quick and easy and clearly shows your students the theme of the class. It's sequencing built on what you know and doesn't require any research or references to other books or online resources to complete. And FYI, that part is huge. Using my sequence builder, it just involves defining the main objective of the sequence and then picking the poses. Sharing sequences built in this framework results in greater confidence because it's based on knowledge you presently have and has a defined theme. So notice that intentional sequencing is an approach that allows you to have more confidence right out of the gate because you created that sequence based on what you know. And then the next piece is it doesn't require any additional resources, so it takes less time. And this is so important because again, so much of what I hear from yoga teachers, and you may be in the same boat, is that it's taking them too long or so long to build their sequences. And they sort of feel like this is the norm. I mean, I've seen so many cool things that people are doing to build sequences and beautiful artistic drawings. But number one, you're not getting paid for any of that time. Number two, at the end of the day, it really isn't providing that much more value to your students if you use a fancy app or draw out a beautiful artistic drawing for the sequence. All of that is just sort of, I don't want to say busy work. It's its just that the real value, it's kind of like if I want to build a business and I don't really have the key aspects of my business down but I spend all this time building a really fancy website, that's not going to get me customers. And so when you're doing all this stuff around sequence building, it's really not going to get you to a place where you're a confident teacher and where your students really understand what you're sharing. The, the way that you get to that place is by showing up and teaching a class and using a really simple process to create your sequence based upon what you know. And that's definitely what I, what I um, encourage teachers to do when I work with them in the program and I show them how to do it. And my sequence builder is a free resource. If you don't have that, you can get it right off my website um, or just DM me on Instagram and I'll send you that. And you can start using that right away. You don't have to be in my program to do it. All right, so the third thing is connecting cues. And this doesn't mean connecting one pose after the other. It means building, using cues that build connection with your students. And inside the program, what I teach is my own cues framework and the four types of cues. And the four types of cues, I'll just tell you, are action, alignment, anatomy, and feeling-based or somatic cues. 
So connecting cues are cues that you use where you're really sharing something in a way that connects with your students. Connecting, I'll just read it here. Connecting cues are cues that resonate with students. I just actually found a little typo on my page. Are cues that resonate with students and are easily understood. Because they're based on what you know, you can restate them if needed in case your students are not in alignment. Connecting cues come from the four types of cues, which I just shared, and cues frameworks give you total freedom and agency around what types of cues you're sharing and the way that you're sharing them. So notice I said both types of cues and cues frameworks. I want you to think about the types of cues, like let's imagine you were baking a cake. The types of cues would be the ingredients of the cake. The framework would be the recipe. I actually love that I just came up with that metaphor. Um, and that's really what it is. The types of cues are just, if you're wearing a tool belt, you've got action cues, alignment cues, anatomy cues, and feeling-based cues. The framework is how you use them. So for instance, if you go into a class and it's it's a beginner's class, like it's promoted as a beginner's class, so you pretty much know you're going to get beginners, you're probably going to use a framework of all action cues. If you're going into an all levels class, you might go into the class with a framework of three action cues and an anatomy-based cue every other pose. So these are frameworks. This is completely unique to when you work with me, things that I will teach you as tips and strategies around teaching. No one else is teaching stuff like this. And the reason that I teach it this way is, and the way I've, the reason I've created all this, um, all these approaches is because I want to make it easier for you to show up as yourself, to share as yourself, to get back to that authentic way of teaching. And it's impossible to do if you're going into your class and your head is full with all these cues that you were told to say, and there's no organization in your brain around how you're going to teach. All of the authentic teaching goes away. It's impossible to do when you've got no organized approach to teaching. And this is, you know, a lot of what I've created in working with teachers and training teachers is all around, in a way, organizing, organizing, strategizing, making things easier. Because when we do that, it allows us as teachers to be freer, to be more authentic, to share from the heart, to build better connection. In most cases, what we're doing right now for yoga teachers is we're just dumping so much information into their brain and not giving them any of the strategies and solutions and approaches. And so as a result, it's really hard for them to put into practice. And you may be in this situation as well, what they're learning. So you go and you spend $3,000 on a training, you come back with a notebook full of notes, and you have no idea how to put it into practice. So this is a lot of what in this particular example, connecting cues and cues frameworks, what is built in there. All right, so the next thing, the next thing is called why words. Why words? Why words are what are when teachers share cues and they don't understand the reason for the cue, this leads to a lack of confidence and an inability to restate the cue in another way if needed. 
And that's oftentimes what our students need, right? They need us to restate the cue because we said it once, they didn't get it. And we can tell because we're watching them. And so we have to restate it. So when teachers share cues and they don't understand the reason for the cue, they won't have confidence and they won't be able to restate the cue in a way that will help the student. The why of the cue almost always lives in understanding anatomy. And this is why learning the key concepts in anatomy is so important. Sharing from what you know is at the heart of growing more confident. So the reason I call them why words is because it refers to the why behind the cue. So when you're cueing your students and you know the key concepts in anatomy, you can share those why words. You can give them the reason for the cue, or maybe you don't give them the reason for the cue, but you still know it. And that infuses how you share it with a confidence that you just wouldn't have. I mean, how many times have you shared a cue and you really weren't sure of the anatomy behind it? And you know that that came out in the way you were talking. It absolutely does. People can tell when you're unsure. And when you're unsure of what you know, but you're saying it anyway, that will definitely shine through. And you'll have the nervous knots in your stomach. Your students will be like, what is this person trying to tell us to do? It's just not, it's a, it's a mismatch. So having why words is a great way to uplevel your confidence and really help your students. All right, so the next thing, is anatomy action words. Anatomy action words. These are cues that focus on the anatomy in a clear and understandable way. It doesn't mean you're sharing complex anatomy concepts or using terms your students won't understand. It means you've got a deeper level of understanding, but you're sharing cues in a way that anyone will get the action you want them to do. An example of this is to cue to the muscle that's causing the action. So for instance, in warrior one, the back knee is an extension and the leg is straight. Using a cue like engage the muscle of your back thigh, the quadriceps, to help you straighten your knee here in this pose. That is a way to use anatomy action words. It helps your students in the pose and gives them some information about their body. So notice there's a really specific intention when you're using anatomy action words. It's not like you're just saying a bunch of stuff to impress somebody or you're using a bunch of words that they probably won't understand. Or if you are, you understand exactly what you're talking about so you can present it in a way that they'll get. So for instance, if I say what I'm teaching, roll the inner eyes of the elbows forward in downward facing dog, I want you to open the shoulders a little bit. You've got muscles on the back of your shoulder joint. One is called the infraspinatus, one is called the teres minor. They tend to be weak. So as you're in this down dog, keep rolling the shoulders open. Let's strengthen those muscles. Now, do I know, do I think that anybody in my class really knows what the infraspinatus is or the teres minor? No, most likely nobody knows that. But I was able to just conversationally put it into a cue because I know about the anatomy. And I'm not necessarily saying that, or I'm definitely not saying that to impress them. I'm saying that because I want them to understand that as I ask them to roll the inner eyes of the elbows forward, that is resulting in a action on the back of the shoulder. And oh, by the way, here are the names of the two muscles. Now, will they remember that? Maybe, maybe not, but it gives them the total package. Now, you're not gonna do that 
all the time, that particular level of detail would probably be something you probably do maybe once or twice in a class. However, it's something you could definitely do if someone came up to you after class and said, hey, why did you ask us to roll the inner eyes of the elbows forward in that downward facing dog? I've never heard that cue before. And then guess what? You don't have to say, well, I don't know. That's what I was trained to say. Or I don't know. I heard that on YouTube and I figured I would share it with you guys. No, you don't have to say that. All of those things are very disempowering. Now you can actually tell the person why. And that person will have the light bulb go off over their head. And you'll have that feeling of joy in your heart. Like I just helped this person and I gave them the total package and I could speak from what I know. And I feel so good that I could help them in this way. And guess what? I literally had that exact conversation with a student several years ago. And she said to me, I will never forget you as a yoga teacher. I will never forget this cue. And I will never again wonder when I'm in downward dog how to do it. So that's how you make an impact. You don't just teach a class and have the person leave and go, oh, that was a really good class. Like you want to be able to use different approaches in your teaching and teach from a way where you are impacting your students in a way that they will not so much remember you because it's not about that. It's more about how can you make the experience something that improves their life. And we're mainly talking health, right? Improves their health for the long term. And something like that is a great way that you can do that because now your students understand more about the shoulder joint. You know, so many people have trouble with the shoulders. We know we're hunching so much. Like these are all, it's all so much stuff that we can share with our students when we understand the anatomy that can improve their health for the long term. So it's not just that we're just teaching them this one class, they're feeling good in that one class, they're doing that one experience and it feels good, but then there's no takeaway for them. I want there to be takeaways, not only for my students, but for your students so that they feel the benefit of coming to your classes so much more than going to other people's classes. This is a way that you differentiate yourself. Okay, the next one, walk and talk. This is a style of teaching where you're not practicing with your class, you're walking around the room. This is an approach that allows you to build more connection with your students because you can clearly see them and they can clearly hear you. It gives you a chance to restate the cue if you see people aren't in alignment. It allows you to protect yourself from overuse injuries and maintain a high level of energy. I just saw another typo on my paper, sorry. It allows you to be of more help to your students should they need an assistant oppose or things need to be explained further. Developing the style of teaching and having the confidence to do it, even though there might be messaging out there to the contrary, is all part of what I teach when I work with teachers. So what I meant in that last part, and, and number one, if you're hearing this and you're reacting and you're someone who practices with their class all the time, go for it. Like, I am not saying I'm right. There is no right here. There is no wrong. It's whatever you want to do. And you have agency over teaching and however you want to teach. However, the reason that I bring this up more often than not is because I hear so many times from yoga teachers that they're practicing with their classes all the time and they want to break up with their practice as the source of coming up with their cues. Because let's face it, the two reasons that people bring up 
practicing with their class is because number one, they think their students need it and num and can't practice yoga unless they're demoing, like beyond demoing, doing the whole practice. And number two, they oftentimes get the source of their cues from their own practice. And again, that might be you, that might be what you love to do. You and your students might have a great bond where they love that you're practicing in front of them and you love how that flow goes. So go for it. I'm just saying for me as a teacher and for the teachers that I work with, I, for so many of the reasons I just shared, highly encourage them to just walk around the room, what I call the walk and talk, walk around the room and just teach. For all the reasons I just shared, they can hear you better. You can see them better. Talk about building connection. Man, you will build amazing connection with your class when you're just walking around the room. Or if you don't want to walk around the room, you're just standing in front of the class, observing everybody. You can see how the cues land. I mean, there's so much I can go into about this. I don't want to um, go too much further because I have other uh, items I want to go over with you here. Uh, if you want to talk about this further or you feel really strongly about, uh, you know, practicing with your class and you want to talk a little bit more about, hey, I'm curious, but I'm not, I'm not looking to argue. <laughs> so if you want to just argue, I, I'm not up for that. If you're curious, like curious to me is the perfect state of mind to be in when someone's doing something and yet at the same time they're wondering, hmm, what would it be like if I didn't do that? That to me shows that a yoga teacher is willing to have a conversation and is open-minded. Someone that's closed-minded, and I get comments like this every once in a while um, on social media from, you know, people who really don't want to have a conversation. And I always look to have conversations because number one, everybody grows when you have a conversation. And number two, I know that I don't need to be right, <laughs> but that's not always how people approach conversations. Oftentimes they approach them because they want to be right and they want to make you wrong. And I don't play that game. Um, so again, if, if you're practicing with your class all the time and you're curious about what would be available to you and your students, if you eased off that, I'm happy to talk through it more. So just send me a DM on Instagram. Okay. So the next one, I really want to share this one with you. The next, uh, part of the vocabulary of my program is momentum magic, momentum magic. And this includes something that the teachers get when they enroll with me, and it's a progress tracker. So here's what Momentum Magic is. There's much evidence around the benefits of building good habits. When we build a good habit around anything in our life, we start to see changes, and that helps us stick with it. This is the momentum we often lack, but can start to feel once we stick with a new habit, even for a few days. This is what I call momentum magic, and it defines what teachers experience after our first discovery session, what I used to call a coaching call. When I share the connecting cues approach, teachers also start to feel momentum when they use the progress tracker, which is a book I give them, to guide them through the first two weeks of the program and then onward. The progress tracker is designed to keep you on track so that you're making progress and you know what's next. I mean, let's face it, we're here we are in February. Did you have a New Year's resolution that maybe isn't going so well? 
Did you ever try to start to live by a budget and after three weeks, it didn't go well? Did you ever try to eat in a more healthy way? And after a couple, like, this is all of what people struggle with is sticking with something, sticking with a habit. But there's so much evidence that when we can start to see momentum and it has to do in part with the dopamine hits that the brain gets, when we start to see momentum and we get those dopamine hits, like, oh, I'm starting to make progress. Like, it's a snowball effect. And we really, really can keep going with less effort because we're seeing the impact of what we're doing. And I have seen momentum magic happen with so many of the teachers that I work with after that first coaching call or discovery session. And sometimes I just hang up the phone, hang up the phone, close the Zoom session. And my eyes are filling up because I'm just so um, inspired by the teacher and the willingness to show up and the willing to be willingness to be open-minded and the willingness to try new things and then to experience the benefit of some of these new things they're trying and then to get the emails from them about how they're doing. So again, if you're, if you're listening to this and you're not in my program, momentum magic for you can happen when you do anything around your teaching and stick with it for even seven days. Like, let's say for the next seven days, you said to yourself, I am going to teach, or let's say for the next month, you say, I'm going to teach the same sequence. Every time I go into teach class, I'm going to teach the same sequence. I'm going to have the courage to do that. I'm going to ignore the messaging out there that says you have to change things up all the time. No, instead, I'm going to teach the same sequence for the next 30 days so that I can get really confident and be able to go in there and teach that damn class and not have to use any of my notes, not have to feel like I don't know what's coming up next, not have to worry, what are people thinking? I am going to go in there and stick with the same sequence so that I can get really good at offering it and therefore my students will benefit more from it. Do you see how practical an approach that is? And while you might say, oh my God, my students are going to get bored and that's not yoga and I'm not teaching fitness and all of that. Again, it's not about being right or wrong. This is what it's like to work with me. <laughs> and these are some of the things that I coach teachers to do because I want them to be more confident. I want them to have uh, a better ability to present the sequence. It doesn't benefit anyone when you need to go into, and maybe it's not you, so I don't want to say you, but it doesn't benefit your students when a teacher needs to go into the class and have their journal up there and constantly looking at their notes and being nervous. I mean, your students, as I said before, know when you're nervous. So all of the changing up isn't really benefiting your students. And yet the weird thing is we think that they're the ones that want us to be changing things up all the time. And it really sort of backfires because it really sort of hurts them because you as the presenter of that sequence can't do it as well if you would just stick with the same damn thing for the most part all the time. And believe me, as you get more experienced, you can absolutely create sequences based on different themes, whether they're anatomical or energetic or whatever. As a newer teacher, absolutely, you should stick with the same sequence the same sequence over and over and over until you get really, really good at it. Okay, so the next thing is vision-driven. Vision-driven. So vision-driven means every teacher 
has a vision of where they want to go. So I want you to just, if you can close your eyes right now, if you can't just think about what is your vision as a yoga teacher? What is your vision as a yoga teacher? Every teacher has a vision of where they want to go. And honestly, friends, I sort of feel like no one ever really asks teachers that. I remember um, Lisa, one of the teachers who recently enrolled with me, she, in the first part of the program, I have this exercise where I have teachers write out their mission and their vision. And she was like, God, I had so much fun doing that. I never had really done that before. I mean, every teacher has a vision of where they want to go. The program asks you to define that in the first module as a way to help you get clear on where you want to go and how you want to use what you're learning. Being a vision-driven teacher is different from doing whatever comes your way. It means you're being discerning about what classes you teach, the style of yoga you teach, and you're taking initiatives to create classes and programs that allow you to help people in the way you want to help them. So again, this is part of my program. It's baked into my program. You can do it though anyway. So I, 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 I don't want to say I challenge you, but I offer you this opportunity to take out your journal tonight and write out your vision for what you want to be as a yoga teacher. All right. So the next one is, we have a couple more. The next one is anatomy blueprint. And this includes my step-by-step -step approach. And in that, what most teachers do when they're done with their initial training is they try to fill in the blanks in their understanding so that they can learn the anatomy they missed in their initial training. In my program, my unique step-by-step -step approach will teach you just what you need to know in the specific order you need to learn it. It's basically steps one through 10. And the reason I'm sharing this with you, of course, if you're not in the program, you're not gonna know what the steps are. I'm not gonna go into that. But what I want you to take away from this, if we're not working together, is I want you to take away from this that there's kind of the choose your own adventure approach to learning anatomy. And then there's a step-by-step -step way. And it's much faster and more fun and better results when you're doing it in a step-by-step -step way. So if you are someone who's graduated from a 200-hour teacher training, you know you don't understand the anatomy component, and you're sort of out there maybe watching my stuff on Instagram, other people's stuff on Instagram, scrolling through YouTube, Googling stuff, it will take you forever to figure it out. You'd be much better investing in my program, someone else's program, doing something else that is an expert laying out a blueprint for you. I mean, I, I just can't say enough about this. I mean, it's kind of like if I wanted to learn how to play guitar, I could try to figure it out on my own. It's just going to take me so much longer. And I'm probably going to end up learning a bunch of things that I don't even really need to know. I'd rather just figure out what are the basics of what I need to learn and just learn that. And that's what I would kind of the takeaway from this part of the conversation is if you're out there choosing your own adventure, look for an organized approach and invest in that because it's just going to give you better results faster. Okay, the next thing is discovery sessions. These are Zoom calls where, as I said before, that momentum magic happens because it's a chance for me to meet with the teachers. Now, again, this is really getting specific to my program, so I don't wanna go into too much about this, but I want you to take away from this that 
especially if you're doing an online training right now um, where you may or may not have the ability to talk with the author of the program, the the face-to-face, -face, whether it's online or in person, is just so central to growing as a yoga teacher. Reading a book doesn't do it. Doing an online course doesn't do it. You really need, and I can say this from years of experience in training teachers, both in person and online, you really need the pulling it all together that comes from having conversations IRL in real life and not just watching videos. So again, I just kind of throw that out there if you're currently doing something online that doesn't have a face-to-face -face component. Um, and then the last two, I'm not really going to go into these in too much detail because they're really specific to my program. Um, they have to do with getting results and also getting learning rewards. And learning rewards in my program have to do with actually earning money back uh, every time we get together for one of the discovery sessions. And that's another way for me to reward the teacher for their hard work, for staying on track and for showing up consistently to get where they want to go to make that vision a reality. So I hope this has been helpful for you. Again, this is definitely not meant to be a sales pitch. It's really meant to give you some takeaways in terms of milestones or landmarks, whatever you want to call them, whatever word resonates with you, so that you can start to take a look at your teaching path and see, you know, how is my queuing going? How do I feel when I walk into the room? What kinds of sequences am I creating? And how is that process going for me? I mean, one of the things I always ask yoga teachers when I have chats with them in the DMs or I email with them. The, the question I always ask them is, how's your teaching going? How is your teaching going? Because honestly, my friend, if you can't answer that in the affirmative, like, oh my God, I absolutely love what I'm doing. I love that I'm helping students. The cues are flowing from me without fear and easily. I'm creating sequences even on the fly. I'm walking around the room. I, I just, I can see them. I can see my words land on their body. I can see their bodies moving in a way that's, you know, incongruence with what I'm saying. Like these are all the things that teachers say when things are going well. And I can pretty much tell you, I hardly ever hear that things are going well when I ask that question to teachers. And I almost feel like it's in part because no one is asking them. No one is asking them. So many teachers, and this might be you too, are out there like silos. They're individual silos. And if things are going okay, that's good. But there's so much more that could be happening. I mean, even when I hear from a teacher that things are going okay, well, where do you want to go? What are your goals? Oh, I don't really know what those are. Like you can have those. Those are okay. And they should be part of what you're doing. You know, oh, well, I have a full-time job and I'm just teaching on the side. That's okay. You can have a full-time job and still have a really robust dream and vision for what you want to do as a teacher. When I had a full-time job, I was running a women's wellness group in my condo in Boston, because that was at the time, a really big part of my vision. 
And I had these women come to my condo and we would meet once a week and I would do a yoga practice, a meditation practice. I brought topics to the table and we would sit and have tea and we would talk about different topics around health and wellness, you know, and I did that with a full-time job. And so it was a way for me to feel like I was serving my vision. And the thing that breaks my heart is all the times I talk to teachers and they say, I really want to be doing X, but. I don't have the money. I don't have the time. I this, I that, I this, I that. And honestly, it's just making a case for your limitations instead of taking a stand for who you want to be, right? Making a case for your limitations just keeps you where you are. Taking a stand for who you want to be gets you closer to your vision. And don't you want to be that teacher? Don't you want to be that teacher? I know that's the teacher I want to be, and I'm continuing towards that goal. And I really hope that whatever limiting beliefs that you have, you will have the courage and the diligence to call them to the surface and basically tell them to F off, right? Just basically say, you know what? I don't need you. I don't need you limiting belief about money. I don't need you limiting belief about my time and time management. I don't need you my limiting belief about what I can create. I don't need you my limiting belief around uh, I'm not young enough or I'm too old or whatever. I don't need those limiting beliefs. What I want is this, and I can control what I think, what I say, the words I use, the things I read, the things I surround myself with, the people in my life, the things I watch on TV, I can control all those things so that I can stay in this high energetic frequency instead of staying in this, woe is me, I'm never going to be a successful yoga teacher energy level. No one wants to be there. So as I close this one out, I want to just say one more thing. Here we are. I'm recording this on February, February 9th, February 9th. This will go live on February 13th, Monday. And if you're listening to this in the month of February, I have five more spots left to uh, take on new teachers inside my program to start in the month of February, just five. So if you're looking for one of those spots, if you're interested in one of those spots, there's a couple things. You need to have graduated from a 200-hour teacher training. You cannot be enrolled in any other training program at this time. And your interest needs to be at a high level. Like you need to be at a place where you know that you are ready to grow and you want to do it now. So this is not the kind of thing where you're at a place where you're thinking, oh yeah, like at some point in the future, like I want teachers who are ready right now to make massive positive change in their teaching so that they can reach more people, help their students more, earn what they're worth, feel the joy and reward from teaching in a way where there's a high level of connection. So if you're looking for results like those within 90 days and, and momentum magic within the first, I would say two weeks, if not sooner, 
send me a DM on Instagram. Tell me that you listened to this episode and basically say, tell me more. And you can email me that as well. Tell me more. I listened to the podcast about those spots you've got for February. Tell me more and I'll tell you more. Okay. So I hope you've enjoyed this one. As always, I will chat with you on the next episode. And thank you so much for being a listener. Namaste. Hi there. Thank you so much for listening to this latest episode. And thank you so much for being part of my community and for spending some time with me here on the show. I wanted to wrap up this episode with just a quick note. I have a brand new recorded workshop page, and I'm really excited to offer you an opportunity to watch recorded workshops whenever you want. I have the first installment of a workshop on the page on the website, and it is a short workshop all about how to give effective cues. And so all you need to do to watch this free workshop is go to my website, barebonesyoga.com, and you'll see the listing in the dropdown for recorded workshops. When you click that page, you'll see on that page the link to sign up to watch that recorded workshop. I'll be adding more workshops in the future to this page, and it's a way that you can access educational and growth information for teachers without having to make a workshop at a particular time. I love to get together with teachers live, both in person and of course online, which is where I'm doing most of my interaction with teachers right now. However, I appreciate that sometimes people can't make a workshop or the time doesn't work for them or they're in a different time zone. So I want you to know that this page can be a resource for you so that as you're out there and you have questions about different things, or you have maybe a half an hour, 45 minutes that you wanna to devote to your continuing education as a teacher, you can just go to my website, pull up this recorded workshops page, and there will be resources there for you to take a look at. And all of the workshops that I share are all designed at number one, giving you information, and number two, giving you the skills that come from getting that information. It doesn't do you any good if I'm just giving you information on anatomy. If I don't show you how you can use it in your teaching to grow as a teacher, to grow your impact, then it's really not very useful. So all my workshops will have that dual focus sharing a little bit, and then showing you how to apply it. So I hope you'll check that out. If you have any questions or feedback, definitely let me know. Just send me an email, karen at barebonesyoga.com. Thank you so much for listening to the show. And I look forward to hearing from you. Namaste.